Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's Reformation Sunday. And so as you were coming here today or as you were about to tune in online, what were you expecting to hear? What are you expecting to hear today when it comes to the Reformation? I even see some red masks out there, some loyal Lutherans. What would you like to hear? Because I've got multiple sermons today prepared. It's kind of like a multiple choice sermon and you can decide which way we go, okay? So I've got a variety of sermon themes written down on these three by five cards. I'm going old school this morning. So how about this one? This one is the pulpit approach, the standard pulpit approach to the history of the Reformation. It is entitled Martin Luther, Hero of the Reformation. This option talks about how Martin Luther started it all with the 95 Theses, October 31st, 1517. It also talks about how bad the Roman church was. It talks about how the people wanted to hear the word of God. It talks about how wildly successful Luther and his colleagues were. And in this sermon option right here, history clearly shows that God is on our side and that the Lutherans will triumph. <laughs> Not sure about option number one. How about option number two? This sermon option builds on the first, but brings it to modern times, to the present day. We might call this theme, isn't it great to be Lutheran? We have it all, the pure word of God, the real sacraments. We have pure doctrine, genuine Christian freedom. It's all of ours, and we're, we're going to keep it. Uh, I don't know about option number two. Option number three, it's a little different than the first two options. It's kind of the, remember, the church always needs to be reformed. I'm going to call this the, it's the always reforming option. Yes, Martin Luther, he was a hero, and yes, it is great to be a Lutheran, but we also need to recognize our mistakes, and we need to see and grab onto the opportunities that we have to change and to improve. We cannot become complacent. After all, the Reformation is about taking radical action. Let's start a revolution. We can do this. We're going to reform everything bad in our midst. So, those three options are Martin Luther, hero of the Reformation, two, isn't it great to be Lutheran, or always reforming. Which one of it will be, my friends? Maybe we could take a vote right now, and I wish I would have linked this to the online folks. Sorry about that. I don't have a virtual poll. But, oh, wait. Sorry, I forgot one here. Option number four. Option number four. Well, can you see what's written on option number four there? You're bilingual. Nada, nothing. I like that. That's right. Option number four. There's nothing written on there. It's blank. There are no words. The words have been excluded. It's kind of an interesting sermon theme. I'm kind of curious about that. It's kind of intriguing. All right, so what's, what's, what's it going to be? Is it going to be Martin Luther, hero of the Reformation? Isn't it great to be Lutheran? Always reforming or blank? Should we vote on this? Actually, it's not really quite fair. It's about 800 people joining us online. Their voices won't be heard. So I'm just going to be, as the pastor, choose this one because I really think you guys want to do number four, don't you? <laughs> no words. Nothing written. No talk. No pictures. The info, the theme has been excluded. Or has it? Maybe this empty space here 
is actually really quite in line with the classic Reformation epistle reading that we read nearly every Reformation from Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 verse 19 says, Every mouth silence. Silence. That's no talking. That means no words. Words written or spoken, excluded. So maybe a three by five card with no words on it, maybe that's the perfect theme for Reformation. Because those first three themes, yeah, while starting out innocent, they can often turn to a lot of talk. They can often take a good thing and sort of twist it and distort it. And the next thing, we know our ugly pride raises its head and we begin to boast. There's been a lot of boasting lately in the world. Have you seen it? As we approach the election, it can almost be sickening the hubris, the pride, the attaboys, the patting ourselves on the back, people with the same opinion just going round and around with each other, creating this insular narrative. A narrative that puts on all other perspectives and all other people and looks with disdain upon those who are different and creates division instead of unity. And I'm not just talking about politics or the public realm. It happens in families. It happens in workplaces. It happens in friendship spheres. It happens even in the church, even in schools. Arrogance and pride and boasting have a way of doing that. I heard a preacher once talk about opposites. He said, one way to think about opposites is to say that two things that are opposite cannot occupy the same space at the same time. So light and darkness cannot fill the same space at the same time. You can't have growing light that's driving away darkness at the same time as growing darkness that's driving back light. It's impossible. Maybe the same could be said for love and for hatred, maybe for truth and for error and a bunch of different things like that. So on this Reformation Sunday, I was thinking we might recall the big stolas of the Reformation, right? The big three are grace alone, sola gratia, faith alone, sola fide, scripture alone, sola scriptura. But in Romans chapter 3, which we just read a moment ago, St. Paul is focusing on that second sola, the sola fide, the faith alone. And so we might ask the question... What is the opposite of faith? What's the opposite of faith? Now, in a really obvious way, we can just open up the Bible, open the text that we just read. We can look up at the screen, and it seems to say that works is the opposite of faith. Romans 3.28 says this. We maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Faith gets us into a right relationship with God. Faith gets us right in the sight of God, not works. But let me ask the question again and offer a slightly different or nuanced answer. What is the opposite of faith? What cannot occupy the same space as faith at the same time as faith? One answer the text seems to indicate is boasting. Paul says, Romans 3, verse 27, says, Where then is boasting? It is excluded. It is shut out. There is no room for it. 
Boasting is the opposite of faith. They cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Now, why would that be? I'd offer up two things. First, boasting spends all of its time looking in the wrong direction, looking at the wrong thing. Remember the parable that Jesus gave about the Pharisee and the tax collector? Luke chapter 18, verse 9, to some, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, a religious leader, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, the religious leader, stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers and evildoers and adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I, God, I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. I, 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 I. The boasting is pretty obvious there, right? Boasting spends all of its time looking in the wrong direction, looking at self and comparing ourselves with others. Now, there are two ways that this kind of works, depending on what some in the psychological world talk about, whether it's neurosis or a character disorder. I heard once that it said the difference between a neurosis is that Neurosis makes you unhappy, and a character disorder makes everyone else unhappy. <laughs> that is, you can boast, you can look at the wrong direction and look at yourself and you despise the people around you, or you can boast and look in the wrong direction and look at yourself and despise yourself. Either way, they both are boasting. They're looking in the wrong direction. They're looking at the wrong thing. It's the very opposite of faith. I bet that every one of us could stop and think of someone right now, maybe at work, maybe even at home, maybe here at church or at school or in the neighborhood, and we could admit that we've been boasting. We've been comparing ourselves to them. We've been despising them. Boasting is the opposite of faith. Boasting drives out faith. Because you're looking in the wrong direction. And the second thing about boasting is this. Boasting talks. It loves to talk. It uses a lot of words. It loves to talk about itself. It uses a lot of words about itself like I, 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 I me, 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 my, my, my. Just like the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And that boasting can be pretty clever too. We can often put a costume over the eye, which is appropriate. It's Halloween right now, right? We can cover up the boasting. We can put a costume on it. We can cover it up so it looks very religious. Just like the Pharisee praying in the temple, the religious leader praying for all those sinners out there. What boasting costumes do you like to put on? Here are some that I hate to admit that I have worn personally. The Orthodox Lutheran theologian costume. I've worn this costume and I've belittled my brothers and sisters in Christ in different denominations for their inferior theology. The overly simplistic Christian cliche costume. I've worn this costume and I've thrown out cliche Christianese to fellow believers going through the hardest times in their lives instead of listening and grieving with them, I've 
talked. I've put on the hyper-moralistic holier-than-thou costume. I've worn this costume and I've made others feel like they aren't welcome in the body of Christ because of the things that they've said, that they've done, that they've thought. I've worn a whole bunch of other costumes like that. Boasting costumes. And I'm often, when I wear those costumes, I'm comparing myself with others. I'm focusing on myself and why I'm right and what I'm passionate about and what I think is the best thing and how they're wrong. Boasting. Boasting talks. Boasting makes a lot of noise. Boasting looks in the wrong direction. And that's why the law has to come in. Paul just said it, Romans 3 verse 19 said, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced. Every mouth, Pharisee and tax collector alike. Every mouth shut. And the whole world held accountable to God. Where there is boasting, faith cannot remain. Boasting, as it grows little by little, it wars against faith. Paul said in Romans 3, verse 27, he said, Where there is boasting, it is excluded. Better yet, it was excluded. And how did it happen? Because of what law? Because the law that requires works? No. Because of the law that requires faith. What is it about faith that has excluded boasting? My friends, faith looks at the right thing. Faith looks in the right direction. Faith looks to Christ. Faith looks away from self. And looks to God in Jesus Christ. And what do you see when you see Jesus Christ? You see sacrifice. You see a sacrifice by which guilt and filth are taken away. You see his bloody death on a cross and that it was enough to make you clean. Don't look at yourself to check. Don't look at the wrong direction. Don't check to see if you're clean enough. Look to Christ, the sacrifice that cleanses you. Paul said it this way, Romans 3, 25, he says, God presented Right? You present so you can see. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. By faith. Not by boasting. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness. You see, faith looks to Christ. Faith looks to his righteousness given to us. And my friends, that, that's freedom as we talk about in the gospel. We don't have to be slaves to the constant one-upmanship, the constant comparing, the constant boasting about myself to somehow make myself better because it doesn't work. And it only makes your and or others' lives miserable. Boasting looks to self. Faith looks to Christ. Boasting talks a lot. Faith listens. And hears the freeing words of Jesus. Remember how Jesus said to Paul, he says it to us today. Second Corinthians, Jesus says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul declared it 
from his heart because he knew it. He had done nothing to earn Jesus' love. Romans 3.27, he says, Where then is boasting? It is excluded. And so maybe, my friends, maybe the blank sermon theme is perfect. Because right here on these lines, I have listed everything we have to boast about in the sight of God. Nothing. It lists everything we can do to contribute to our salvation. Nothing. But it also lists all the sins that are held against us. Not one. It was all put on Jesus and his righteousness given to us by faith, not by boasting, by faith alone. Sola fide. Amen? Amen.